Welcome back, Jay Beakley, Grant Nicholson, fresh in his Golden Knights jersey. Can't stay hat, by the way. Rocking the producer job. Chiefs get their rings tonight. The red carpet should be starting about now. They're done with the red carpet. It's a private ceremony, no media. Chiefs will go in, get these huge-ass rings uh, that look like Arrowhead Stadium. Again, they are sit at a bar if you're the 53rd man on the roster and never pay for a drink ever again. Like Mahomes and Kelsey, they can go everywhere they want and not have to pay for anything. But if you're the 53rd guy on the roster, if you're Juan Thornhill who made his way back from Cleveland, you'll ride this in Cleveland and uh, get free beer. But now let's go up to uh, Gene Battaglia, one of my favorite dudes uh, from ESPN Rochester, where the PGA Championship was a couple of weeks ago. A man was at a fun golf tournament um, with Mike Danger, the sports bar at uh, the Fan Rochester. What's up, Gene, that covers the Buffalo Bills? What's up, Gene? You have to be kidding me. You invited me on tonight. Yeah. Why? Just so you could say, oh, you know what's happening here. You don't know what this is all about. Uh, Let Gene, me tell you what yeah. is going on here. Yeah, I just, tonight, Jay? Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? I, it's just happenstance. Chiefs are getting their rings. Um, happenstance. But it wasn't over the Buffalo Bills. It was Cincinnati, which we've told you we don't like on this show. And right now, as we're sitting in a state that does allow legalized gambling in Kansas, Chiefs at plus 600, the Eagles at plus 800, and there are the Buffalo Bills at plus 900. Are they really, really a third uh, and third best odds to win the Super Bowl? And I ask you this, Gene, because I am curious. I know the Stephon Diggs situation, mm-hmm. and I know it's resolved now, I think. But come on, man. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Because when he was there and didn't practice, you know, McDermott was concerned. Listen, I know he eventually came back, but the last we saw of him, he was arguing with Josh Allen uh, during a playoff game. Yeah, and Jay, I was there in the tunnel right next to him where usually, you know, following a game, you get a, the coaches come out, they say whatever, and there's a cooling down period. Mm-hmm. And it was stunning just to see Stephon Diggs, who didn't even take time to shower, street clothes. He's He is storming out there, and he has to be corralled back in – back in the locker room just to hear what McDermott had to say. So what made this week strange was probably this stuff happens in every NFL locker room more than we could imagine. It just came out, it came out in the open and that's really McDermott's fault. There was some meeting on Tuesday morning between the GM, Brandon Bean, head coach, Sean McDermott and Stefan Dix. Now what we don't know who called that meeting. Number two, Diggs venting about something and we don't know if it's Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, we don't know if it's a personality contact. We don't know, but it's kind of like an airing or whatever. And then things get heated in that meeting. And I don't know, like Jay, like if you've ever been in your fight with your wife or girlfriend or whoever, sometimes you just need to cool off. And that's kind of what happened. But for Sean McDermott, the second he walks out to the podium, you can see he didn't give himself any time to cool down. He's pissed. He's not happy. And when, you know, just Stefan's not there. None of us know what's going on. And it's that's kind of jaw-dropping, like, oh, no, what's this all about? And McDermott says he's very concerned. Well, we automatically jump to the conclusion, like, wow, this is really happening. When in reality, it was just a blow-up at work for some reason. Now, like you pointed out, this mm-hmm. has happened here before, whether yeah. that was – I go back to Thanksgiving. You know, that was in front of everybody. Or the playoff game where he's, you know, showing up – so Stefan Diggs is, is the type of personality. I don't want to put him as a diva wide receiver. I think that's kind of, you know, for your TOs of the world. But, man, if he it's isn't fair. happy, he's going to let people know about it. Well, it, it's fair because a lot of guys like it. But some guys are just ultra competitive. 
You know, sometimes a prima donna is thrown out there on players, and these players just want to win. And, you know, I remember, you know, Stephon Diggs has been at Arrowhead Stadium before and lost games and sat there and just kind of watched things in, in disbelief, in disbelief before he went in because that's, this were some really good teams in Buffalo. But when you see stuff like that happening, you wonder, okay, is there a reason they wanted DeAndre Hopkins? Because had they got Hopkins, which is rumored was the Chiefs and the Bills, and I don't think either one of them are that serious about it, to be honest with you, kind of backed away. But if you paired like Hopkins with, with, uh, with Stephon Diggs, that's a tough division they're in, man. Yeah, and the Bills went counter to that because um, they did have the cap room. They extended out Oliver, yeah. and they signed Leonard Floyd. Now, that's kind of an underrated – you know, Leonard Floyd, nine sacks for the Rams last year. Yeah, that's yeah. Nine sacks each of the last three years. So, okay, what that tells me is as much as Von Miller says, I'm going to be ready week one, blah, blah, hey, I'm going to be ready week one. In fact, like, take the NBA load management uh, idea here. Von, you rest up. We have Leonard Floyd. So now the defensive line because – yeah, one of, okay, do you want to get into a track meet with the Chiefs or the Bengals, or do you want to actually try to get them a homes? Because I look at back at the damn 13 seconds, Jay, and, you know, back then Jerry Hughes was, you know, just inches away from getting them a homes. Couldn't get to them. Um, never got that opportunity for kind of the rematch last year. But to me, if you can't get to Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter if you have Hopkins or Jerry Rice on the field on the other side. you got to get to the quarterback. Yeah, and it's one thing, but, you know, you think of cohesion. Buffalo's getting a brand-new stadium. Uh, they've talked about a new stadium here with the Royals. Um, it is a tough thing to do, although Buffalo said, hey, we're just going to build it anyway, right? I mean, there wasn't any public funding for this, was it? It was all – like, who's funding the stadium that Buffalo's oh putting out? Oh, my is it, God. I'm curious I, it, because we're trying to get one here in Kansas City, but then all of a sudden, okay, the public's going to pay more. And what are the Bills doing, man? Because they just – Got that thing done and said, we're building it. Yeah, and, and that kind of doesn't speak well for our area, and we've said it on our show. Like, how was there not more public discourse over that? I find it amusing that people in Nevada are saying, wow, we're giving the Oakland A's $350 million. Yeah. New York State gave the Buffalo Bills $850 million for that. Wow. Now, our go- not to get to all bore you with New York State politics, but our governor is saying, well – we had this settlement uh, with the casinos uh, with the Native Americans, and, and we, we, they owed us, you know, which, you know, was a significant chunk of that. But, like, come on, like, you could have put that to something else. So it's all, all kind of a shell game here. But um, the bottom line is there was a lot of angst going back. Uh, you know, you, you recall the Bills were, for years, uh, exporting a game up to Toronto, and it it felt terrible. It's like, oh, my gosh, they're yeah. going to take the team. And there's so much wealth up in Toronto. And the fact that, uh, you know, now we're able to hold on to our team, even though it's coming at a really significant price, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, I guess all's well that ends well. I'm just curious about the Bills a lot because, you know, I was pulling for them last year because there's people in this town really don't like Cincinnati. And Buffalo's all right. I mean, people are used to Buffalo. Gene, I've known you and Mike forever because the Chiefs and Bills have been relevant uh, for a long time. And we're seemingly always meeting in the regular season and the postseason. We're used to talking to you. And you think of the Bills. It, how open is that window? Because I love Josh Allen and the way he plays. But, you know, Von Miller, I do think, was the best defensive signing last year in the NFL. And I don't care if he plays in the regular season. They need him for the postseason. And, yes, he single-handedly beat the Chiefs last year and could have made a major difference in that Bengals game. But Von Miller was the best defensive signing. I think Jerry McKinnon was the best offensive signing. But Von Miller is that good. 
but is that how how open is that window for Buffalo? Like they're hanging on now. They were Super Bowl favorites last year. This year, the third. Like, how big is that window, or is that window always going to stay open because Josh Allen's there? Well, it's the way that Allen plays that you can clearly see, Jay, that, <clears throat> sure, for now, yes, it's open. But Diggs is 30, and Von Miller's getting yeah. up. So, But as long, Allen needs to realize, hey, I'm not Superman. It's fun to watch him over, jump over defender. It's fun to watch him truck uh, people. You can't play that position uh, once you get up into your upper 20s. I, I'm sorry. Um, and, and the analogy everybody always draws is Cam Newton. Cam Newton won an MVP in this league. That's something that Josh Allen has yet to do. Cam Newton made it to a Super Bowl. Allen hasn't made it to a Super Bowl. Cam Newton playing that style of football was shot before his time. So unless Allen, and they have coached this in him, unless he figures out to kind of not take so many risks, um, then, yeah, that window could close sooner than uh, we would expect. Talking to G. Battaglia from the Sports Bar, one of the best-named sports shows in all of America with Mike Danger, ESP in Rochester. I'm not kidding, man. Hey, did you, did you, would you guys enjoy the PGA that was out in Rochester? That was beautiful. It was fantastic. Like the, What I tell people is, Jay, once I just want to sit courtside in an NBA game, because I think the NBA is the sport where, gosh, where else can you actually be right next to the best in their profession right there. I can't afford it. And then we don't have an NBA team in our area, but you know what? Just sitting right at a green and seeing come, you know, and hearing golfers talk to their caddies and everything else. Yeah. It, um, and we will always have like the, the title of uh, last golf major before the merger there. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's something that, uh, you know, and to have Kepka win it, it was, uh, it was a fun week here for sure. I used to go out to the uh, the senior tour all the time and, and sit at a par three because you could see that, you know, it, it would be using driver. They'd be using iron there but just because you could watch it go off the tee box. It's just amazing how good these guys played. And now we're watching the U.S. Open where we had two scores of 62, man. Xander Shoffley, the uh, gold medalist, and Ricky Fowler shooting a 62. Ricky Fowler shoots a 62, which is a U.S. Open round record, and it lasted for a couple minutes because there's – Xander Shoffley, man, this is incredible golf we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, for this, because I'm reading, like, the lengths of this, I'm like, what are you talking about, like, a 500-yard par four? Like, <laughs> these guys can that? Do and then you realize, well, if the fairways are this wide <laughs> and they're this professional, you can kind of not worry about landing rough. So, I'd, you know what? I'd rather have this, because usually the USGA, Jay, they – they want to embarrass you. Yeah. They, I don't like how, you know, some people think that uh, the U S open is superior to the PGA tournament, but I'd also say I'm not tuning in to watch double bogeys and pars. I want to see guys make great shots and birdies. So maybe that's what we'll have here this week. Were you guys a uh, big fan of uh, Michael block, the club pro oh from my California, you know, finishing what 15th. I had to remind people it was his seventh major. It's not like the guy just walked out of burger King. No, but why they have four rounds? Because I think anybody could shoot one great round, but can you do it? Like it was unbelievable to watch. Days, huh? four straight. I was one regret, Jay. I was not on sixteen when that happened. Yeah. When he hits the, oh, hole, the hole in one. But I've heard. I've talked to so many people that were there. I'm like, these golfers are so good. It's impossible to pick the ball up in the air. It really is. Like you know. So I'm like, how did everybody know that? unmistakable sound of the ball just clanging right in because you now it's one thing to see a hole in one but a hole in one <laughs> on the fly like that <laughs> oh. that's magical 
Gino's happy for you and Mike there because it, it looked tremendous, that golf course uh, in Rochester for the uh, PGA Championships. One last question for you, though, Gene, because we have a text line in here because I've – it's not hot takes, but it had 10 takes that I could see in the NFL season. And one of them was that I feel the Dolphins were going to finish last. Okay, here's the deal. Here, here's what – Buffalo, <laughs> then the Jets, then New England. Now, it's a battle between New England – in Miami, and we all know the story about Juju that maybe he was banged up a little more than we thought when he was here in Kansas City, and that's why they really, really, really need to land this deal with DeAndre Hopkins. He's probably going to sign right before camp, and the Patriots could end up with, with him and probably will, and they probably should get DeAndre Hopkins, to be honest with you, but that division's tough. Aaron Rodgers now in that division, still Buffalo's division, but where are you putting Miami, man? Where you put New England in in in, in the Jets because New England's not going to stay bad forever. Yeah, I I think that I've watched Aaron Rodgers over the years. I think it'll burn bright at the beginning, but I don't know over the course of the season how that's going to hold up. So I don't think that anybody's going to run away with it. So good news for everybody in Kansas City. You don't have to worry about the Bills or the Jets taking the top seat. I think they're going to beat each other up. So I still have the Bills first, Jets second, Miami third, and I'm not a Mac Jones believer. I'm sorry. I just have seen enough credit Belichick for winning a game for, you know, three pass attempts a couple of years ago, but <laughs> he knew that Mac Jones wouldn't have an arm to, in that night. So you, you it, when the weather gets cold, you got to throw the ball downfield. I just do not think that Mac Jones has the arm to throw that out pattern. Great stuff. Always like talking to you, Gene. I'm glad that you, you get, you and Mike get the good Oak Hill country club. Cause that looked Fantastic. Love talking football with you, my friend. Um, one, one quick question yeah. for you. Like, what can we do to get the Coyotes to Kansas City? Kansas City uh, deserves an NHL team, Jack. Now, Mahomes is trying, man. You know, here, here's the one thing. All right. The last time they, 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 they made a play on the Penguins, they bring in Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle and show them the town. It was a ploy probably to get a new arena in Pittsburgh, even though it came to a letter of impasse with the city and barely passed the Pennsylvania house when Ed Rendell was the governor, barely passed it. But a lot of things have changed since then. Like the Kansas city has gotten the, has had, well, this is what seven years for the Royals won a world title that they tried to get the mm-hmm. Penguins. The chiefs have had two parades since then. The NFL draft has been in Kansas city and now the world cups coming to Kansas city. So it's a different city than before when they made a play on it. So I don't know how you guys felt, man, but did you get, did you enjoy just watch? Cause I know a lot of people, Gene, were upset with, they look like a Kansas city pep rally, but the bottom line is teams that host the draft win a super bowl, because I guarantee you, if this was in Buffalo, the draft and the bills just won a super bowl, I'll be damn certain. Allen's coming out with that trophy. I uh, look, I, uh, <laughs> April up here, Jay. It's a little hit and miss. He's so, still going out there, I'd love to have. I would love to have it, but, man, I, you could have snow. I'm not kidding. Like, we've had – so, like, yeah, that, I, but, uh, look, we got to get you up for the playoffs with the Chiefs oh. coming. I want to come in in December, Jay. Uh, I, yeah. like, that, that means the perfect time here. You're like, I, come hoist to one with you. I would love it. What was that game? Because I was laughing about it. I texted you because you were at the game, the Bills game. Was it against the Bengals with the snow? And NFL Network was acting like it was. It was actually like what, like thirty-three degrees, something like that. And they're wearing the hats it, and the gloves. You would think it was like minus five. It was the the Saturday night game against Miami. Where oh, like, my, oh, Miami game. On. Yeah, come on. Yeah, man. like uh, yeah, no, it's like come on. no, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Bills fans are out there with their shirts off and everything else, and NFL Network's bundled up with scarves and hats and gloves. Like it's so cold. <laughs> and people in Buffalo are like, "This is tropical, man." 
Yeah, I mean, don't be so soft here. Gosh. Oh, you guys are the best. Have you been that bad Chiefs bar out there in Buffalo yet? No, I haven't. I got to make it over to there. So, and just kind of set everybody straight, get them I, on the right path here. I heard they had the clothes. I heard they had the clothes during the Super Bowl and all that. And so did the big Charlies in Philadelphia um, because security concerns when the Chiefs were playing. But it, it, it's interesting. The Chiefs have a huge bar in Philly and one in Buffalo. But I, I mentioned to you that I do go to the Buffalo bar here in Kansas City because the wings are phenomenal. I've heard that. I've had people that one came out, one went out there. So all the towels, yeah. Oh man, that's great. Uh, there's a picture of Eric Bieniemy. He came back for the ring ceremony. So everybody's coming back, Gene. We got to have you back and look at these rings. Yeah, yeah. I'll do well, when Buffalo has their ring ceremony, I'll invite you on that night. Well, that well, thanks for coming on Ring Night, Gene. I, I greatly appreciate Bills. Uh, <laughs> you and Mike Danger that cover the Buffalo Bills. But anyway, fan in Rochester, Gene Battaglia, one of my favorite guys in the business with Mike Danger. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, see you, Jay. Take care. Gene Battaglia right there, ESPN Rochester. We come back, kind of uh, wrap up, and I'm curious what Grant thinks about this. Should we look at Buffalo Bills as a public enemy for the Chiefs, or is it the Bengals now? Which one is it? Text line 913-586-7610, the Jay Southland's Toast Service text line. Get to your text next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And welcome back to After Hours. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, Dustman, Dirty Werewolf, uh, down at the red carpet tonight. So uh, doing a lot of work and interviews and you name it down there. That was Gene Battaglia from ESPN Raja. I'm curious what the Bills are going to do. We're kind of going into hibernation now before training camp, which is very short. Because the NFL grant has found a way to be relevant pretty much every month. Because you think about it, all right, mandatory mini camp just ended. Chiefs got the rings, right, June. July training camp. August, you got preseason and training camp. September, you got the regular season. It goes all the way to the Super Bowl. Then you got the... Uh, the East-West riding game, you get the Senior Bowl, you get the Combine, you get the Drag, you get everything else. It's a 12-month-a-year thing, man. So we're not going to hibernation. We can sit here and talk about nine straight losses and the Royals trying to get a new stadium that's been down to what? Downtown Kansas City or uh, Clay County? Yeah, it's... I remember business class in the right place at the right time, man. Like, it is hard to sell right now. It is a hard sell for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it is tough. It I'm is not interested, frankly. They lose a lot of ball games. Jays is the worst team in Major League Baseball. They do. I mean, the, I just the A's passed them and the A's I beat them two care. out of three at Kaufman. They did. So you know, it's it's Chiefs right now. It's can you get relevant until then? Because I remember in thirteen, this fourteen, is and fifteen, to be baseball season. It though. was, but this has been a football town, man. I know, but we're spending. We're talking about the ring ceremony, which is incredible. It was a baseball We're just killing time until training camp. We are killing time. Baseball should be dominating this time of the year, but we spent way more time talking about mini camp. Should be talking about new stadium. Buffalo's already held already. It's embarrassing. Ground building theirs. Um, It's Father's Day weekend here in a couple days. Grant, it's a big deal. Your gold talk about there. Would you say it's probably like Fourth of July, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Father's Day? It's kind of the four biggies. The four biggest holidays? Yeah. I, Father's Day is a very underrated, underappreciated holiday. It should be a major one. I mean, yeah, it's right yeah. there with the fourth, Christmas, sure. Thanksgiving, all that. Sure. And Father's Day. Yeah, of course. It's a big one. Well, today was Flag Day. And 
Another important holiday. Yeah. Or yesterday was flag yesterday day. Yesterday was. My bad. Yesterday was flag day. But they're, they're important days. And Father's Day is uh, no exception. Mention a text line, 913-586-7610. Who do you hate more? Because it's kind of shifted. Do you remember when Baltimore was that hated team? The team that gave the Chiefs a left tackle for two straight years in Orlando Brown. Wasn't a lot of your, your choice to be left tackle, but Chiefs didn't have a lot of choices. And by the way, they got Orlando Brown out of the deal, pick 58. Not Orlando Brown, Nick Bolton. They got Nick Bolton out of the deal. Don't forget, if it wasn't for the Buffalo Bills, we wouldn't have Mahomes. Thank you, Buffalo. Always appreciate the rivals of the Chiefs helping the Chiefs out because they wouldn't be the same without these guys. Definitely without Mahomes. Without Mahomes, forget about it. Mahomes has made the difference. Uh, Bank, it's 1,000% the Bengals over the Bills. Agreed. Um, 9-1-3. Bills won Super Bowl in media last year. Yeah, they they did. They were the Vegas favorites. I think a lot of people were really banking on the Chargers who did lose to Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, which, by the way, was one of my predictions that Trevor Lawrence will pass Justin Herbert in a lot of the media people's minds who the best quarter. Because I think Doug Peterson with Trevor Lawrence, man, is going to make the difference. That Jags team is loaded. The London Jaguars are loaded. What do you think they're – how mad do you think they're in Duval that they're playing twice over – I get only one's a home game, but still, they play there every year. Duval, they chant that from London. Duval. I don't know. I'm not in Jacksonville. Duval, I'm not in Jacksonville. I don't know how mad they are. I think it's uh, – the Bills' window is closing from the 913. I 100% agree with you. I think, it's the, I think it's the Bengals. And I think with Joe Burrow there, I think the wrong team – is is favorite here. It's Chiefs, Eagles, Bills, then the Bengals. Bengals barely behind there, plus 1,000. It's 1, definitely the Bengals. It's the Bengals. They met the Bengals in the last two AFC championship games. Only they've been got, close games. They've got Jamar Chase going on, talking about Pat who yesterday at minicamp. Which is insane. Even after his quarterback said that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league until proven otherwise, which I, I tend to agree with. It's just insane that we're constantly on their minds. The mayor had to come out and do a whole apology tour. They're obsessed with us. The Bengals are obsessed with us, and it's it's pathetic. Because the Bengals, even though they have beaten the Chiefs in the postseason before and the regular season, the sweet justice beat them in the playoffs. But, yeah, they've been a team that's uh, been arrogant about it. I don't remember when they've had a uh, Super Bowl parade. Do you remember when they've, they've had it in, in uh, Cincinnati? Oh, yeah, they haven't. Yeah. But uh, Joe Burrow was asked, just like Josh Allen, he was asked a while back who the best quarterback, and he said, Pat, you got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. And if you're not finding a way to beat the Chiefs, and not just beating the Chiefs because Allen's done it, Burrow's done it, but you got to win the Super Bowl. When you have like to, you've got to parlay it. You've got to do it in the postseason. 100% you have to. Surely they beat them the one year the Bengals did, in the, but you didn't finish with a ring. Here's so your point's right, too. Here's what you're talking about, Joe Burrow. I don't think there's any argument right now. It's Pat. Tell somebody tell somebody has a better year than, than he's had. Uh, he's the one to knock off. Yeah, he's two MVPs. Doesn't matter. He's beaten in the regular season. Congratulations. Hell, the Ravens won the throw parade when they beat the Chiefs a couple years ago. Jamar Chase. Player in the NFL. With very little hesitation, you said Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Everybody knows that, yeah. That's easy. MVP. He said Pat. Who said Pat? Joe. Pat who? (laughs) (laughs) Fake media laughs. Jamar Chase saying Pat who? 
15 remembers stuff, man. 15, 15's got a uh, photographic memory. Don't well, remember. Pat who? Come on, man. This stuff always comes back to bite you when you say this. Patrick's personal trainer was on Twitter talking great. about it, too. So, I mean, it's great. You need stuff like it, this. It's not like Patrick's camp is need, going to ignore no, this. They're not going to ignore this. They're not going to ignore this. They'll see it. It's great. Joe Burrow's right there. He says, it's still Pat. Because you got to beat them in the postseason and you have to parlay it into a Super Bowl. You just have to do it. Coming up next, though, Ron Kopp, lead analyst, ZeroHeadPride.com. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back, Jay Bickley. Grant Nicholson producing the operation. Dirk Werewolf is usually in the spot down at the red carpet as the Chiefs have arrived to get their rings. But now it's time to uh, time to move on. Now they're getting the rings, time to move on. Talk to lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, that we'll probably hear a lot from during the season. Definitely did during the draft. His name is Ron Kopp. Good evening, Ron. Good evening, Jay. We're not getting our rings tonight, but uh, we, we, we're still going to have some fun, I think. You know, I, I think we, we'll find a good alternative here. The rings are incredible looking. Last ones were they've... Brought Cynthia Freeland on from NFL Network earlier, just saying, "Hey, man, from the you look at the like the Royals' eighty-five rings compared to even the fifteen rings, or even compare the Royals' fifteen rings with the Chiefs' last couple of Super Bowls. Major difference. But to me, Ron, guys at the bar, Mahomes, Kelsey, those guys probably not going to rock them. But if you're the fifty-third man on the roster, you're a Nazi Johnson. You rock it because it means free beer everywhere you go. Of course, I mean you got to show that off. I mean." No, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I do think it's cool, uh, you know, them doing it now. You know, last time they, they did the Super Bowl uh, ring ceremony, if you remember, they did it like right before the season. And, you know, it was it was COVID, right? It was a COVID offseason. And all the tables are spread um, out. Right, yeah. And it, and it was just, you know, I'm sure there was some, some restrictions on why they couldn't do it maybe until August. But it was like right before the season kicked off. I kind of like it how they have it here where, you know, it's right at the end of mandatory minicamp. All the guys are supposed to be there anyway. You know, they, it's kind of that last day they're all supposed to be together. Then they get this big break off and it's, and, and then it's go time, you know, here in a month and a half. And so I, I kind of like where it's at right now. You know, they get to celebrate it tonight and then they get to reset, refocus and get to St. Joe next time they all see each other. Yeah. What are they going to do? Andy Reid says he'll actually, you know, take some time off. You know, it's going to be very limited time for these guys and coach because Andy Reid or Mahomes admitted that in the past, you know, Andy Reid's called him at 4 a.m. because he figured a play out. He's like, man, I got to run this play. Right. So he'll call Mahomes at 4 a.m. to talk about play. That totally reminds me of Bill Walsh. If you ever read his book, it was like he would write plays down on napkins for Joe Montana. Like he'd be at a restaurant with his wife and think about a play and write out a napkin. Totally reminds me of Reid. Yeah, it reminds me of my, my grandfather. My grandfather's a, a, a business owner, has been his whole life, and uh, you know we'll get I'll, you know we'll, we'll get random calls, uh, you know, random times a day. Oh, thinking about this, thinking about that. That's just what the great ones do, you know. That's what the that's what the great uh, the great leaders, the great you know uh, you know developers of, of a culture of a of a team. That's what they do. They're always thinking. That's how they they get so successful. And yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think Andy, I think he, he gets maybe a little vacation and maybe he gets a, you know, maybe him and his wife do a little something, but you know, he's going to be grinding, getting ready for St. Joe. Got a lot of new features on the team that he's going to have to be working out, you know, working kind of around. But, uh, but yeah, I imagine, uh, I imagine him and Mahomes will have plenty of chats before they get, they get up to St. Joe. Uh, it seems like, seems like that, that is, that is plenty of the case. I don't think we have to worry about that. I mean, I don't know where you were, 
But, you know, they're the lean time between 2015 where they won. They beat Houston and lost to New England. But you had to go all the way back to 1994 for when they uh, they beat the Houston Oilers in the divisional round of the 93 season. But the game was played in January of 94. There was a big gap there. And I don't know. Like if you, you probably spent most of your childhood, Ron, when this team was not winning postseason games. They'd get to the postseason but not win postseason games. And just what's happened in the last five years, it's hard not to take it for granted, but sometimes you got to step back, man, you know, bird's eye view and just really enjoy what's going on. Man, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm younger than you'd even think cause, uh, because yeah, I, I didn't even get the pleasure of remembering the 90s. I, I grew up, my first memories, some of my first memories were those Trent Green days, right, which which were uh, good, which Ron. were fun. But, but, I, but I really, my, my real strong first, when I really started loving the Chiefs, was 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 uh, Tyler Thigpen was was Matt Castle. I mean, th- those are my heydays, man. That's that's how I, that's when I first started really loving the Chiefs, and that that's how you know I, I was uh, born for this because I I suffered through that. Uh, there were some good times. I mean, you know, 2010 was fun. That was a fun ride. You know, Matt Castle, Dwayne Bow, 15 touchdowns. But it's just it's just always fun to think about. You know how how we how excited we got for the little moments back then right you know the the that that team that beat the undefeated packers that was one of my favorite memories you know being at arrowhead for that game uh you know that that kind of stuff you you remember those things you remember how excited you were for the the sparing moments you had uh, to be victorious back then now now we're thinking now we're talking about the big picture we're talking about super bowls it, it is pretty cool to think about but uh but but this team has has built itself to get here. That's for sure. I mean, they've they've earned every every part of this this success. So I do hope they're enjoying it. All right, let me ask you a few of these things, Ron, because I had these uh, predictions out on the drive when I was doing that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I brought them up on this show last week. I feel, and I don't know if you think this is crazy or not, but I think this Chiefs team will be a top ten defense. They'll be top five in sacks and top five in scoring defense. Now, last year they were twelfth in total defense. They were 16th in scoring, so it was a little bit different there. They shaved that down. But they were doing it with a bunch of rookies, especially rookies in the secondary that have turned that corner this year. And they were 11th in giving up yards per game. So they're close to that top 10 moniker. Top 10 in sacks is not tough to think about. They were second last year with 55. Scoring defense, they've been a top 10 scoring defense for three of the last four years. So it's not pie-in-the-sky thinking, but this defense was 7 out of 10 picks two years ago on defense. This past year, five of seven picks on defense. They have made a concerted effort to make this defense. Well, they have Mahomes proof what teams are doing against Mahomes. They've done this against the Burroughs of the world and the Aaron Rodgers of the world and Lamar Jackson's of the world. They have in Deshaun Watson's of the world. They have built a defense to withstand good quarterbacks like a lot of teams have drafted against the Chiefs. Yeah, and and I think the biggest part of of the defense that that is that that you're right is built to to do well against good quarterbacks is, is the secondary. I'm I'm really excited about this secondary. I really feel like you have you have guys that that already have shown something right in the SPAG system. But but like you're saying, I mean this this second year it's going to be a whole nother level of development. I mean a guy like Justin Reed, I'm really excited to see him this season. I think and we probably talked about it last time, but just you know he even admitted it. You know, he didn't really get down to Spags' defense till week 14, week 15 last season, and that's when he really turned it on. And you can even see it when you go back and look at that, look at his play and the defensive play that point on. The safety play was much better, and, and much they were much more playmakers, and it really affected the defense, made them better. But someone like him, someone like Trent McDuffie, who we obviously know didn't get the whole season last year, right? Even as he was a rookie, he didn't even get that full season to develop. 
you know, seeing him in that second year, you know, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I, I think the de- the defensive backfield is going to be the reason this defense is a top 10 scoring unit. Like you say, I don't necessarily think it's going to be because the defensive line overwhelms offensive lines. I think we're going to be in that same story where it's Chris Jones and then maybe, you know, they're, 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 you know, we could, I could see us getting into the season and being like, okay, where's the, the rest of the pass rush coming from? You know, I could see that being uh, the case at some points this season, just because you're, you're dealing with some youth there, right? I think, you know, as much as Carl Loftus, uh, you know, had that rookie season and turned it on at the end, you know, I do think there's still going to be, you know, some growing pains there. I think Felix obviously as a rookie is going to see some. Um, so I, I think that even the backfield is really going to have to make up for it. And I think they can. I'm, I'm, I, I am excited for, you know, when you add in Legarius Sneed to that conversation as well, we are obviously already know what he can do, but to have other guys in the secondary maybe to make you feel even better about be, letting Sneed be that weapon all over the place. And, and, and plus the linebackers, when you talk about the depth of linebacker, you have Drew Tranquil coming into the picture, maybe maybe improving the pass defense when he's on the field, right, uh, compared to what the linebacker. Right, exactly. I, I really feel like this the, – I, should, I shouldn't even say the defensive backfield, the back seven, right, when I include those linebackers. I really feel like that's going to be the strength this time around. It's going to help the pass rush for sure. I just feel like we're not going we're, we're, we're to we're notice them, the pass rush maybe as a strength right away. I think the defensive back end will be the strength. How much do you like Jalen Watson? You know, we didn't get a lot of talk last year, seventh-round pick, but, you know, two postseason picks. He had that 99-yarder for touchdown against Chargers in the regular season. Like, he made a difference, man. And he's only going to get better because, you know, they jettisoned uh, Fenton. And like, I, we move on with the guys they have. But, I mean, they risked it all with that, that secondary, young secondary, because they had to because their quarterback took up more cap space than any other winning quarterback. So the Chiefs had to do well in the draft, and they did. Yeah, Jalen Watson just seems so solid, right? Like, he comes in right away. And, 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 I, and I feel like I was even noticing that kind of before, you know, in the preseason and, and, and his snaps during training camp. Just, just not a lot of, you know, not a lot of uh, erraticism to, to his play, right? You know, when he's, when he's, you know, dropping into his coverage, when he's just kind of, you know, tightening a guy, you know, tightening up with a guy man on man, just seems to always kind of be where he needs to be, whether or not, you know, he's making a flashy play at the end or not. He's still in that position. I think that's what kind of what you get from him. But Joshua Williams, you know, has that same kind of body type maybe, and maybe just doesn't ha- didn't have that same sort of consistency in his first season, but. I think you can gain that, right? I think you can build that as a corner. So I really think that, too, that those two battling for snaps is, is a really good battle to have because they're both similar, uh, you know, build in, in terms of physica- physical, uh, their physical build. I think they're, they're, they're similar players in that respect. And, and, and stylistically, I do think they play similarly as well. But Watson just seemed like such a solid, smooth, kind of calm, right? He played in a calm manner, I feel like, at so many times last year. Uh, you know, depend- wherever, whenever the situation was, he was – you know, he was in the right position to make a play, whether it was in the divisional round game, making that one-handed pick, you know, or obviously the 99-yarder. But Joshua Williams, I, I do think, may have some of that, that physical skill set, you know, maybe longer arms, kind of maybe, you know, I, I think his athletic testing was a little better. So I, I do think, you know, Joshua Williams is going to give him uh, plenty of run. I think those two battling are just going to, you know, iron sharpening iron, like we used to say. I mean, that's definitely the definition of it right there. Sure. Back too. And Ron, talking to Ron Cop, lead analyst, zeroheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney. Uh, the editor-in-chief here at Pride.com was on with Carrington earlier. Talk about these six receivers, because Andy Reid always goes in with six to a season. Not going to carry a fullback. Could they carry an extra receiver? Maybe. A lot of Justin Ross talk. But when you look at the six receivers, where's he going to fit in? Do the Chiefs just keep six? Hi, it is tough, right? Because I think it makes sense this year, especially 
if they're not going to keep and, – and they still don't have a fullback. And, and that makes me think they're just not going to have one. I, I don't see why you'd, why you'd bring one in for training camp if he hasn't had any of your offseason work with you to learn any of the offense. I think you're just you're just setting someone up to not really learn anything by the, the time the season starts. So I do think they're not going to go in with a fullback. And I do think that opens you up for an extra receiver because when you look at the, the depth chart this year, the returner position is, is kind of an interesting thing, right? Because in years past – You've always had that McCole Hardman or that Tyree Kill, um, or you know, or just uh, you know another guy on the depth chart. Whether it's a running back, you know, maybe you know Pacheco, obviously last year, somebody can, to return kicks. You don't really necessarily have that, uh, you know, with someone that you want to take away from the offense or, or maybe risk, you know, outside of the offense. Whether it's Kadarius Tony, um, obviously Sky Moore. I just feel like that's not going to happen, right? We saw enough of that last year. Um, and you look at the cornerbacks, maybe Trent McDuffie had experience in that. Well, you're not going to make him return kicks. He's, he's the, your star, star young cornerback. So it is interesting. Does that seven? Do they kind of have an extra receiver just necessarily for that returner position? Or Richie James uh, is one that I kind of thought about in that position at first. But man, he's making enough plays in, in minicamp and OTAs where he just may be, you know, the team's fifth receiver at, at some point. I mean, he, he seems to be having quite a connection with Mahomes. So. When, and, and Mahomes even said it today in his press conference. There's so many receivers. He has no idea who's going to make the 53. You know, he, he feels like they all could. So I do think that means that you, there's a likelihood for a seventh receiver. Like like I said, they're not going to have that fullback. I think it opens up that spot because they already they can already fit four tight ends and they already they already have the running back set up. So yeah, I think you can expect an extra receiver. I wouldn't expect it to be Justin Ross though. I think I, I, I do think there's some some other options on the team. Um, on the bottom of the fringe of that roster. But Justin Ross just doesn't bring you special teams capabilities. I think that's super important uh, to have at the bottom of your receiver. It's going to be tough with Tony, MVS, uh, Sky Moore, Rasheed Rice, uh, Richie James, Justin Watson. I mean, it's six six right there. I mean, it's going to be very tough right. to get to that point. Ron Kopp, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. Thanks a million, Ron. Yes, sir, Jay. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Take care right there. Uh, coming up next, though, a man that was on the red carpet. You know him as a dirty werewolf. He's usually sitting right here. That's where the dust man is. He has great interviews, great insight. We'll talk to Dusty next. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson, dust man, usually sitting right here. But the dirty werewolf had werewolf type things to do. Like being on the red carpet. When there's red carpet in Kansas City, Dusty Likens is right there. Dustman, I know that the uh, U.S. Open excited you today. I know Xander Shoffley and his gold medal and Ricky Fowler both shooting a 62 probably has you excited. But there was nothing more exciting for the werewolf than the red carpet, my friend. Yeah, man, it's like a red carpet is the bat signal, except there's like a yeah. like a dire wolf from Game of Thrones, and I just have to be there. I don't know if it's my boss's destiny for me or if it's just you know, the way the Lord works, but either way we were there, man, it was, uh, it was pretty fun. You know, there was a lot of beautiful people. Um, yeah. I thought the, I thought my fresh haircut fit right in. Oh, a new haircut. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a little fade tonight, Binkley. We had nice, to bring nice, out for the red nice. carpet, you know, nice, a couple yeah. eyes looking, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, it was a good one. Uh, I think the question of the night so far is I asked Mahomes to be over under at Coors Lights tonight. He said, not really make it under. He just goes. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. Uh, we just got done talking to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'll post the question. It's probably a runner-up for next best question. Okay. Who goes longer in the night, you or Mahomes? He said, come on now. You know I don't have any kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it looks like it's about to be a really fun night. Um, 
all the stars were there from head coach to GM to president to owner to tight end, running back, receiver. Some old guys were there. I mean, old guys. I mean, like Juan Thornhill was there. Um, so it looks like a lot of guys are just ready to get that new jewelry, and uh, I'm sure the pictures will be out very shortly. Well, it looks like the guys all rode in on different cars and everything and had a lot of fun with that. But mm-hmm. you said some of these guys came back, like Thornhill came. I don't know if so. Did Orlando Brown come back, or is he all bingled out now? Did not see or did not see Orlando Brown. He's uh, you know he's Hooday, I guess is what we Hooday. should call him uh, these days. But uh, you know, I, I didn't see Frank, didn't see Orlando Brown Jr., didn't see Clyde. Uh, so I'm sure that'll lead the drive uh, yeah. tomorrow with Carrington Harrison. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no, none of those guys. But did see Juan Thornhill had a very nice suit. It was like a teal, reddish, orangish suit. And uh, you know, none of those guys got to do this last time because we were in the the pandemic, the yeah, COVID the thing. This was all new to them. And, uh, you know, some of the things we heard was that Kelsey and Mahomes had some input on the rings. And, you know, they, they're excited to see it. And they, they haven't really done this uh, whole celebratory thing. So the Super Bowl championship uh, offseason continues for these guys. And, man, I can tell you what, it, it's going to get rowdy in there tonight. Oh, I'm sure it is. And, you know, if you're Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when they show up at a bar in Kansas City, you know, 20 years down the road, 30 years never the buy beer. But like for Nazi Johnson or something that won a ring last year, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is totally like you never pay for it. Like if you have it on, like I don't know if a lot of these guys will wear it, but if I'm a 53rd man on the roster, I'm wearing it to a bar in like 15 years because you never yeah, have to buy a beer when you're wearing that ring. But just tell me about these rings, Dust Man, because the last one was huge. What about this year, man? Yeah, they said it's going to be uh, bigger and better. Uh, I mean, I assume they have to put three trophies on there now. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say, if I had to guess, there'd probably be some sort of Lynn Dawson memorabilia, something on there. You know, that was the big thing. Is we remember the first preseason yeah. of the game last year, they did the, uh, what was it, the curtain call or the however they did the huddle with Mahomes, how he replicated the, the Lynn Dawson one. So, man, I can just assume every year these things get bigger. They get nipped. There's like a different gadget. It's almost like a James Bond ring. Like they open the top and there's this little museum inside. So, uh, I'm interested to see all the trinkets and all the little tokens inside there, but I'm sure they'll be uh, they'll be ready to be for uh, a lot of people to leave in the safe. And like you said, it's kind of like the uh, you have to be a certain amount of weight to wear a certain jersey yeah. number. You got to be a certain roster number to be able to wear the ring out. Because really? Mahomes and Reed, yeah, Mahomes and Reed both said these rings go into a safe. Yeah. And then Andy Reed pointed to his wedding ring and said, "This is the only Super Bowl ring I have to have." So the great guy just keeps staying great uh, with with perfect quotes. But if you're Jalen Watson, you know, if you're, if you're even Justin Watson, you're, you're rocking it, man. You're not Johnson. Justin, you're rocking it. If I'm it. Justin Watson, when I pass out candy on Halloween, I'm yeah. wearing the Super Bowl ring. So people see it. Me ask you this dust, man. Cause I've had Greg Pryor in here. We talked a lot of baseball. He's 85 Royals. These rings are a lot smaller, a lot. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're a little bit bigger than what a class ring was with like these seventies and eighties champions wore. but be honest with me, dust, man. Would you rock that ring? If you were a support staff or anything else from the Chiefs, would you rock no. it out at bars on a Friday night or Saturday night? Would you be wearing the Chiefs ring? No, I think I'd only do it for, like, parties that I hosted or, like, maybe if I had a putt where a guy was one stroke behind on 18, I might accidentally slip it off marking my ball so he sees it for a distraction yeah. and something like that. But for the most part, I think going straight Jersey Shore style. I think I'm going to get a chain. I'm going to hook the ring to the chain right. and just let that thing dangle, you know? Yeah, you'd have to do that. I mean, these rings are incredible. Who, uh, 
Who who did the the carpet the best? Because Union Station, man, is balling out, man. It's getting all the events. That in the World War One Museum, it's that's it's becoming our Space Needle or Arch. I mean, everybody loves Union Station, but they had a nice red carpet. We've seen all the images from it. Um, uh-huh. Who rocked out the red carpet the best, though, man? I mean, who, who uh, wore the most bling and who looked the best? You saw Mitch in his shoes, man. Yeah, Mitch's shoes, uh, your guy, right? The yeah. uh, they they look good. They were yeah. clean. Mitch was clean. Uh, Prince, uh, he had like an actual Prince outfit on. Okay. Uh, Travis, Travis Kelsey, of course, you know, the white V-neck with the loose blazer, chest hairs rocking, got to show the taco meat. Um, Carlos Dunlap showed up in a scarf and a cutoff. Uh, uh, that really? was pretty impressive. Yeah, dude, that was, that was pretty impressive. I looked at him and I, you know, I, I, that's a big man. Um, he looked pretty good. Uh, uh, Justin Reed was flashy. Uh, the Hunt family looked like royalty. Uh, so it was good to see them, especially with what they've gone through these last couple of weeks, losing the, the, the grandmother and the mother. So props for them for coming out and showing out. But, yeah, man, uh, Kelsey, Prince, uh, Carlos Dunlap. To me, Carlos Dunlap had the show. With a scarf, a stiff brim cowboy hat, not a cowboy hat like tradition, but the stiff brim hat, and then just a cutoff vest. I mean, rocking biceps, it looked like Mac-10 trucks, basically. Dust man, this is fun. I mean, you, you and I, I knew you and here at the station back when nobody won anything. Um, five straight AFC title. I mean, this didn't happen in Kansas City. Even before the Royals, man, this stuff just didn't happen in this town. It's like hard to believe that, you know, here we are in June 15th and you're down on the red carpet celebrating again. But, you know, this is it for them. Because, you know what, they're getting, they have to turn the page quickly because their training camp is for everybody else because they play in the first Thursday night game. Of course, the uh, the Hall of Fame game guys will be out there uh, practicing around the same time. But a short turnaround. But is it time now? Is it time? Is this the just the last? I know we're going to see Mahomes in the match. Him and Kelsey will be in the match, the golf against Steph and Clay, And that'll be fun. But is it time now for the late shows and the ring ceremonies? Is it time to turn that page Bob Seger style and get to work on next year? Great reference, Silver Bullet Band. That's right. um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. You know, they had the first pitch ceremony, brought the trophy out. NFL draft, brought the trophy out, rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way. Yeah. Um, but, look, it. man, this is, this is the NFL, Binkley, yeah. and we're, we're witnessing, you know, really, really rare feats here because I thought Mahomes had a quote that will go probably underappreciated because – he goes, a lot of guys, you know, spend their whole life trying to get one, and we're getting our second one tonight. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's good that they cherish this. I think the only excuse I'll give them for doing it this long is because they've never done this before with this group. Like, they never got to stretch it out. Last time they did it, it was like, sorry, guys, hard times, strict policies. Here's this, here's that, see you next time. But uh, with this, um, you know, I think it's really good for them. But I, I hope it is, you know, but I don't think you need to question this team's, like, desire and want and – you know, tenaciousness to go after another ring because, I mean, I'd put money on that they do it again. I mean, they got the same quarterback, they got the same coach, and they got the same tight end. And you know what he said? He's playing until the wheels fall off. That's right. Baby. So um, I'm excited to see where this team could go this year. Um, but I am excited to see what happens next because Binkley, July 18th, man, that's camp. And I know you and I will be ready to be up in St. Joe reporting on it, seeing everything get ready. And then once the pads go on, that's our ring ceremony, man. That's when we get really, you know, sports crazy about this team about and it, a month it, away it, football, it, it's almost there man we're damn near the fourth of july binkley it, you know football is a 12 month a year type of thing i mean it's incredible what's going on but i'll yeah. fire, let, wrap it up with this dust man who do you hate the most not not which team do you hate the most out of any team which, in the nfl who do you hate the most oh i mean i think number one's denver right i just think okay. they're so cringy yeah I, I hate denver man i don't like russell wilson he got ignored by the denver nuggets when they won their championship <laughs> 
Uh, they just pass him by. They don't like him. Nobody likes him. But if you want me to give you the, the good, juicy answer, it's Cincinnati, man. I mean, everybody hates Cincinnati. Everyone let, you know, Orlowski, that clown, he said that Joe Burrow's the best quarterback, Patrick Mahomes the best player. What does that even mean? And now Joe Burrow's wearing a headband, trying to get some of that Mahomes, you know, that, that swag, that vibe. And now they're starting to submit. Like, who's the best quarterback in the league? And he said, it's Pat until somebody knocks him off of it. And then Jamar Chase, too, you know, he threw a shot. But, I mean, Denver always, until I'm six feet in the ground, will be the most hated team. But right now, the Cincinnati Bengals are, you know, runner-up. And, uh, Binkley, before I go, mm-hmm. your boy took Xander Shoffley to win the U.S. Open, by the way. Oh, did you? I did. So let's, uh, let's just keep riding that Xander train, buddy. Oh, man, Ricky Fowler gets a 62. It lasts for like five minutes. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow, man, you hate to see it. He had a putt. Xander Shoffley had a putt to be 61. Yeah, you know, putting's really tough, frankly, when it comes down to it. You know what it means. It you know what it can, what it can, what it can take. And you know those U.S. Open greens, man. They're like putting on those studio floors. Uh, I can't wait. Father's Day weekend, great weekend. Hey, Watch. by the way, happy Father's Day weekend to you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. It's a great cool, holiday. Cool little nugget, though. Speaking of Father's Day weekend, then I'll let you get back to, the, to doing doing the after hour show. Trey Smith, the guest he brought, his yeah. father. Really? So yeah, it was really cool to see him bring That's his awesome. father to the red carpet. That's awesome, man. That's yeah, awesome, Dust man. Glad you had fun down there. Uh, we'll be talking to you soon, my friend. Hey, you and Grant keep hanging and banging in there in that studio, baby. All right, brother. We'll see you later. Right. Dustman right there, Dirty Werewolf. Uh, you'll hear him uh, next week. Hopefully the Royals will win before then. Uh, that would be very nice, Grant. But coming up next, more of what the Chiefs had to say before they leave town. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.